So we're doing a one-part message today called Wholehearted. And uh, one of the things I do that drives my wife absolutely crazy is I hang on to shirts way too long. Like, you know, some of you guys in the room can relate to this. You just kind of get this emotional attachment to certain t-shirts, and you just kind of hang on to them, you know? And I brought an example here with me here. This is, this is one of my shirts that really should be in the garbage, but this is, this is like the armpit view right here, so that's attractive, isn't it? There it is. So isn't that wonderful? But I don't know. You just kind of get... Kind of get used to certain shirts, you know, and, then, and there's one shirt in, shirt in particular that I kept forever. Like, literally when I was 16 years old, I went with a bunch of my friends to a Christian metal uh, festival out in Illinois. We drove all the way out there, and I saw one of my favorite bands play. I bought the t-shirt, and, and so for years and years, I'm talking like 20-something years, I kept this shirt. And one of the reasons I kept it and liked it was because also when I was at this festival, it was the first time I dated my wife, Kelly. And so it was kind of like this, you know, I love the band, but it was sentimental, and, and one day Kelly saw the shirt. I mean, it was just nasty. It really was was disgusting after 20-something years, and eventually she just said, you know, hon, you really should throw that shirt out. And I said, but isn't it, like, romantic that I kept it all these years? And she's like, no, it's disgusting. <laughs> I, I get rid of it, you know? And, and just like, you know, the shirt, all kinds of areas of our lives, you know, you keep something long enough, starts to get some holes in it, starts to get worn out, starts to get torn up a bit. And the same is true with our hearts. In our hearts, we have holes because we've lived life. And as we've lived life, there have been some different woundings and different things that take place, and we end up being wholehearted. We have holes in our hearts. And these things happen because of a few different things. One of those is people's words. I showed up at my church one day as a teenager, and I, my face was broken out horrifically. And I remember one of my friends saying, uh, Doug, you ever hear a clear cell? And I said, you ever heard of my fist? <laughs> and, uh, you know, just like, ah, you know, almost, what, 25 years later, 27 years later, I still remember that. Tell you exactly what the, the kid looked like. I could tell you, you know, how hard he cried after I hit him. No, I didn't actually hit him. But, but I remember that so vividly. Uh, a few years earlier than that, I remember hanging out with one of my friends in our neighborhood. And I got hungry, so I ran home ate something, and then went back. And as I was going back toward the house to knock on the door and ask if my friend could come back out and play a little bit more, I hear his mom saying to him something along the lines of Doug going back to his house to feed his fat face. Wow. Still remember that. I, I, honestly, the next two or three years of my life, that's the lens I saw myself through. It was Doug's fat, Doug's fat, Doug's fat. Because of that, you know, that pain of the, of the hole in the heart that was associated with those words. Some of you guys remember the painful words spoken to you, right? But it also it's people's actions, right? And I told you last week about a few times I've been betrayed. Uh, one of the worst was a friend who I had shared very confidential information with, and then that person went and sat with a living room full of people and literally just shared everything I said. And man, that betrayal hurts so bad, and it starts to mess with you, and you have that hole in your heart, and when you have that hole in your heart, it starts to impact how you interact with other people because now there's a trust issue, right? Some of you guys have been betrayed or hurt or stabbed in the back or just, man, other people's actions really, really cause some pain. Jealousy, anger, betrayal, right? Difficult things to go through. Sometimes it's our own actions, right? Sometimes we do things and those things we do cause holes in our heart, right? The consequences of things we've done, the ways that we've made some maybe destructive choices. And sometimes, though, it, it's really just life's circumstances. It's the difficulties that we go through as we go through life. There's loss of loved ones. There's loss of influence. There's loss of jobs. There's loss of finances. I mean, just the stuff we go through can really begin to cause some pain in our heart. And last week, we talked about how to love the people who put the holes in our heart. And I hope this past week, you were practicing that. You were praying for your enemies. You were praying for those who have hurt you. 
and allowed God to begin to do something new in your life. But today I want to talk about how we find healing from the holes in our heart. What do we do about those holes in our heart now? I'll tell you what we often do. There's, there's three things I think we often do. Number one is, I think we just simply pretend those holes are not there, right? This is my strategy for much of my life. I'm just going to pretend the holes aren't there. They don't exist, right? What's the big deal? Eh, just kind of pretend they're not even there in the first place. When I was uh, probably 10 or 11, my, my neighbor and I, we, we made a fort. We went into our garages. We found every kind of plywood, you know, every kind of two-by-four sheet, sheet, uh, screws and nails we could find, and we brought them outside. We built a pretty legit fort, four walls, and then we, we actually built a window into it, which ended up falling out and falling on my friend's foot, but that's beside the story. So we made this great fort, and then one of the things we do, because once you build the fort, you've got to make sure it's secure, we dug a hole that was four feet deep to catch the bad guys, all right? Got to make sure you got a plan for the bad guys in the, in the neighborhoods of, of suburban Lake Grove, right? Got to be ready for them. And so we dug this hole, and then what we did is we pretended the hole wasn't there because we obviously didn't want to tip anybody off, and we didn't want anybody to know that the hole existed. So we just kind of dug the hole, left it. We knew where not to step so we wouldn't fall in ourselves, but we were waiting for someone else to fall in. No one ever fell in. Actually, just my neighbor's dog, but he was okay. Don't worry. So some of us have these holes in our heart, And we tiptoe around those holes. We pretend those holes aren't there. But man, God forbid somebody else find that hole. God forbid somebody else kind of fall in that hole in our heart, so to speak. God forbid they discover the pain that is actually very real, deep within us. I think sometimes we pretend the pain isn't there or the hole isn't there by ignoring it or by never talking about it, be it with God or with anybody else. And then, isn't it funny, then we wonder why we're so angry. We wonder why we're so impatient. We wonder why when someone does something that really isn't the end of the world, it's not the biggest deal in the world, but man, we just like fly off the handle out of control because we're so angry because we forgot, oh man, there's a huge hole in my heart. And so sometimes we just pretend they're not there. Another thing we do is we try to cram stuff in that hole to fix it, to shut it up, to numb it out. But we always forget that the stuff we choose to ram in that hole was not meant to fix a heart. And so we kind of ram some entertainment or some busyness or distractedness or addiction, whatever it might be, just trying to shut that thing up or fill that thing up and plug that thing up. But it never works. Another thing I think we do is we try to cover it up. I think I, in my life, have spent a lot of my life pretending the holes didn't exist and also covering them up so nobody could see. A few years ago, I decided I'm going to mount my TV above my fireplace because it just feels manly, you know? And so I'm like, all right, I'm going to do this. And so I I got in there and I, I, you know, cut the holes in the sheetrock and I actually went into the studs and I ran the wiring through the studs and I'm, you know, snaking cables and doing the whole deal. And we get it up there and we sat there and I looked at it for a week and then we all decided we didn't like it there. And so after all that work, I took it down and I put it back and now I'm looking had a wall full of holes. And I got, you know, holes where I snaked wires. I got, you know, holes where the electrical was. And I got holes where the, the mount was attached to the wall. And I'm thinking, man, I really don't want to deal with all that. I'm going to have to, you know, cut sheetrock, do it, screw it to the wall. I'm going to have to spackle. I'm going to have to paint. And then Kelly goes, you know what? We should, we should put a mirror over the wall. I said, yes, we should put a mirror. Let's get a mirror and put it over the wall. And then we just have to make sure we find a mirror that's big enough to cover all those holes. And so we spent like weeks hunting for a mirror that big because the dimensions were kind of random. And I put more work into finding a mirror that would cover the holes than if I had just fixed them in the first place. Another thing about those holes is they're actually still there. So if you came to my house to this day and you moved the mirror, 
you would find those holes in the wall. And I'm probably going to sleep on the couch for telling this story tonight. Actually, I'll just make my wife. Happy Mother's Day, babe. But, but man, I'll I tell you what, you know, summer, like the heat comes in. Winter, the cold air comes in. And you know what? Some of us in our lives, we've decided to cover up the holes in our heart, but it's leaky. <laughs> Sometimes stuff comes in and out of those holes that isn't too pretty. And so what do you do with the holes in your heart? Do you pretend they're not there? Do you cram stuff in there? Do you pretend or, or rather cover them up? I think some of the ways we try to cover them up is with our humor, right? Somebody says something that breaks our heart. I can tell you so many times in my life, I've been sitting in a, in a, you know, a room full of people and someone has said something that hurt me and wounded me deeply, but I, <laughs> that's so funny. Just laugh it off, right? Sometimes we, I think, try to cover this up with just busyness or maybe, again, addiction or some kind of success. If I can, if I can cover up the holes in my heart with doing well in other areas of my life, then, then I don't really have to deal with them. Today I want to talk about how important it is that we actually deal with the holes in our heart. Because the truth is, whether you pretend they're not there, you try to ram stuff in there, or you try to cover them up, those things do not work. And then we begin to live from those wounds. We begin to live from our woundedness. In fact, we see the world through the holes in our heart. And we don't even half the time realize we're doing it. And suddenly, we begin to treat people in a way, especially the people closest to us, a way that we never wanted to. Has someone ever done something and this reaction has fallen out of you that made no sense? It was disproportionate to what the person did to you? Have you ever just, you know, lost it in a, in, a, in a half second and the person just set you off? And, and the reason they set you off isn't because what they did was so bad. It was because we have so many holes in our heart that aren't dealt with. And so this anger flies out of us. This impatience flies out of us. I know I've been there, guys. I've been there. I've been the husband. I've been the dad that has lost my temper. Not because of what my wife or my child did, but because what somebody 30 years ago did. Or somebody in my office, or, or somebody in my neighborhood, or, or I think back to a coach, or, and I don't even realize it, but those holes left in my heart have caused me to put holes in others' hearts. Holes in the hearts of those that I love most dearly. And I think what we need to see here today is that we are wholehearted, but God wants us to be wholehearted. We've got holes in our heart, but God wants us to have hearts that are whole. The question is how? How do we do this? How do we, how do we get to that place where we're not just covering it up, pretending it's not there, ramming stuff in there? How do we actually find true healing? That's what I'm going to talk about here this morning. Moms, this is your day. This is your day. My hope for you, my prayer for you is that your hearts will be more and more whole as we talk about what we're going to talk about today. Because, man, being a mom's hard. And sometimes we get holes in our heart and we've, we've, we've carried holes in our heart and we kind of keep a tough face for our family and maybe we don't let on. And, but man, we've got some holes in our heart. But it's not just about moms, right? I mean, this whole Mother's Day thing can be really tough, can it? Some of us have lost moms. Some of us want to be moms and that hasn't happened yet. Some of us had a bad relationship with our moms. Some of us wish we were different moms than we are. And so it's tricky. But it's also about the rest of us in the room too, right? Some of you young people, man, you've already got some holes in your heart. You haven't even lived that much life yet. But because life's so hard, you've already got some. Some of you guys who are in high school, college students, young professionals, people my age kind of doing the family thing now, grandparents. I mean, we kind of all have these wounds that we carry and we're seeing life through 
those wounds. We're responding to life through the holes in our heart. But God wants our hearts to be whole. Now let me talk to the guys for a second. Because if I was you, here's what I'd be thinking. It's a good thing you're talking about this on Mother's Day because this is some girly stuff, man. (laughs) Some girly stuff. Now let me tell you, here's why I don't think this is girly stuff. Because none of us want to be the husband or the boyfriend or the dad or the worker or the boss or the employee or the student. None of us want to be that person who flies off the handle has no patience, who's angry all the time. None of us want to be that person. What is a man? A man is somebody who works hard. A man is somebody who provides. But listen, guys, I think we all want to be the man who loves well. I'm going to prove to you that this is a manly issue. Because do you know who you wish had all the holes in their hearts worked out? Ready, guys? Your dad. You wish your dad had all the holes in his heart worked out because he would have treated you differently wouldn't he he would have treated your mom differently wouldn't he you see some of us in the room are blessed to have good dads dads who had the holes in their heart put back together but many of us didn't and i i just know without the shadow of a doubt that every one of us want to be the man who loves with a whole heart and so today we're going to talk about this manly issue along with the rest of everybody else if you're not a follower of jesus you have holes in your heart too right maybe you don't believe in all this god stuff you're not sure what you believe about jesus and you're here because you know mom grabbed you and said hey it's mom's day you're coming with me whether you like it or not or you know you're the husband that kind of got dragged to church today we're thrilled you're here but you have holes in your heart too and we're going to work through that here this morning and we're going to talk about a guy named david And David said something staggering, especially because of his circumstances. Look what he said in Psalm 34, 18. He said, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And so you might go, okay, how do we know David's qualified to talk about this? Well, because when he wrote these words, he was running for his life. When David penned The words that say God is close to those who are brokenhearted and those who are crushed in spirit, he saves. When he wrote that, he was literally running for his life. Someone was trying to kill him. Well, who was trying to kill him? A guy named Saul. Well, who was Saul? Well, Saul wasn't the guy who wrote half the New Testament that we call Paul. Saul was the guy who lived thousands of years before that. He was David's king. And I want you to think about this for a second. As David's king, he was probably... The one person that David wanted approval, support, and love from most. And here is this man trying to kill David. Can I ask you a question as we think about the holes in our heart? What person who should have supported you, who should have loved you, who should have had your back, put holes in your heart? Maybe it was the person that you most deserved that from or needed that from. Who is that person for you? Because David had literally the man he looked up to most, the man who should have been there for him most, placed the biggest wounds in his life. Maybe it's a parent, maybe it's a, I don't know, a spouse, maybe it's an employee or an employer, or maybe it was a coach or a boss or, or a teacher, someone that you just, man, you their approval would have meant everything for you. And yet they wounded you so deeply. 
And you sit here and go, why was Saul trying to kill David? Well, Saul was jealous of David. Anybody ever put a hole in your heart because they were jealous? Saul was so jealous of David because everything David did, God blessed. So David would go out to war, and he'd fight a battle, and he'd win. In fact, one time he came back from war, and all the people in the kingdom were going, Saul has killed his thousands, but David his ten thousands, and they're praising David. And Saul became so incredibly jealous. And that jealousy put holes in David's heart. Whose jealousy has put holes in your heart? My daughter's 11 years old. 11 And she's already been treated really badly in many ways, I think, because of jealousy from some people in her life. And she, you know, she's a fun kid, and she's talented, and and she's beautiful because she looks like dad. And uh, what's funny right now, I don't, don't, you're just laughing because you're jealous. I know how that goes. You're putting holes in my heart right now with your jealousy. Okay. Uh, So she's beautiful because she looks like mom. And she's had people do some awful things to her. She's 11 years old. Holes in her heart. Who put holes in your heart? Because they were jealous of you. Sibling, co-worker, teammate, someone from school, someone from work. Saul's jealousy put a hole in David's heart. But then it turned to anger. Saul's anger put a hole in David's heart. In fact, one day Saul grabbed a spear and threw it at David, tried to kill him. Now here's what I know. If the person throwing the spear has good aim, it'll put a hole in your body. But whether they have good aim or not, Someone throwing a spear at you is going to put a hole in your heart. Who's put a hole in your heart because of their anger? Someone in your life who shouldn't have acted like they did. Again, a parent maybe, or a spouse, an ex-spouse, ex-boyfriend, ex-girlfriend. Who is it for you? I think of a coach, man. I had a coach in middle school and high school. This guy was crazy. This guy was nuts. He would just scream his head off at everybody, scream and make you feel like idiots. I could tell you things he still said and did. One day, we're out there on the field playing soccer, and this guy's just screaming his head off. And we're, we're, this is a nice Christian school I'm going to here. And the other team, who was not a Christian school, one of the players said to one of our players, is your coach the devil? And we were like, yes, help us. <laughs> Please. I mean, this guy was nuts. Can I tell you something about him? Guarantee that I don't really know his personal life. Holes in that guy's heart. Holy cow. Trying to make it up on the field, screaming at a bunch of kids. Whose anger put holes in your heart? You're sitting here going, Doug, okay, I got the holes in my heart. All right, enough. How do I fix it? Well, we're going to get there. But, but here is Saul, who is David's king, who is jealous and angry. But do you know who else Saul was to David? He actually ended up becoming his father-in-law. And so you're going, well, okay, he can't be that bad. I mean, if he gave his daughter to David, he can't be that bad. Well, we've got to talk about why Saul gave David his daughter. Do you know why? He gave him his daughter because Saul knew that if he became the son-in-law of the king, he'd be in line for the throne, and then David's enemies would want to kill him that much more quickly. That's why Saul gave David his daughter. You thought you had it rough with your (laughs) in-laws, You go over there and you see the in-laws today and they haven't taken a hit out on you recently. It is hugs and love today, right? Wow, that's what David experienced. And so this is betrayal now. We're talking betrayal. We're talking about deceit. We're talking about being lied to. We're talking about, hey, have my daughter. Here she is. Hopefully soon you'll be killed in battle. This is what David experienced. Who's put a hole in your heart because of betrayal? The trusted person that you never saw it coming. That weren't enough. Think about the, the, the wounds in David's heart that came from rejection. 
Again, this is, this is David's king and father-in-law. I mean, I want my father-in-law to think highly of me, you know? And if I ever had the opportunity to meet a, a, you know, a political leader or somebody like that, I want them to think highly of me. And here's, here's David who works closely with Saul, his king and father-in-law, and he is just rejected time and time again. David's heart was pure. He defended the king. He, he was right before God in the way that he treated Saul. He wouldn't take revenge, and yet Saul just keeps on throwing hate at him, rejecting. Incredible. But there's more. One day, David's best friend, Jonathan, who happened to be Saul's son, comes to him and says, hey, my dad's going to kill you. My dad has told people to kill you. You need to get out of here. You need to run for your life. And so David and Jonathan, who were best friends, literally through tears, say goodbye. Loss. Loss has put some holes in our heart, hasn't it? I think of losing my mom a few years ago to cancer. That puts a hole in your heart. Some of you guys have had tremendous loss. Someone you love died. Someone you love rejected you. Someone you love abandoned you. That puts holes in our hearts. And so often we go, well, 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 all right, Doug. Let's just keep it light here, all right? We're just going to pretend that didn't happen. And, oh, it's okay. I'm just going to cram some stuff in there. I'm going to get a nice mirror, put it up on the mantle. Cover that thing up. Isn't there better? We don't have to be wholehearted. Who put holes in your heart? What loss put holes in your heart? David hasn't just lost his best friend. He's lost his home. Have you lost a possession, something that meant a lot to you? He didn't just lose his home, he, he lost his influence. Have you ever lost influence? David was out there leading armies and suddenly that's all taken from him. Has something been taken from you like that? Nobody even told you? And it was just like pink slip in the box? I mean, David lost his job. You ever been up for promotion and they passed you over? You ever gotten the pink slip? Have you ever gotten the email? So we're downsizing. Everybody ever called you into the office and said, yeah, we want the other guy. We want the other girl. Lost. Put holes in our hearts. Can you relate to some of this? Guys, David is qualified to talk about having a hole in his heart. We just mentioned eight. And here he says something staggering. The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. David says, I'm telling you from personal experience here. This is not, David didn't know he was writing the Bible. He wasn't sitting there going, i got to put Psalm 34 together, man. It's people like, you know, a couple thousand years, man, I'm going to be gathered in hot pocket reading all this, and i got to make sure they understand the truth about God. No, he's just bearing his soul. I just want you to know, David says, the Lord is close to those who are brokenhearted. Wait a minute. Wait, you're running from your angry father-in-law king who is jealous, who has cost you everything, and you're telling me you can say the Lord is close to you in that? Yeah, that's when David wrote this verse. Well, he's probably living in a cave. Well, he's trying to figure out where he's going to get his, his next meal. Well, he's trying to figure out what he's going to do with his life. Well, he's trying to figure out will he ever see his best friend again? Will he ever go home again? What about all those promises God gave him about being king someday? Wow, that seems far off. And that's when David said, he's close to the broken heart and he saves those who are crushed in spirit. In Psalm 147, though David's name isn't written before this chapter, many think he wrote it and he says something so powerful in verse 3. He says, he heals the brokenhearted, and binds up their wounds. See, I love it doesn't just say that God is close to the brokenhearted. I love it says that he actually heals the brokenhearted. So all those holes in our hearts that we've carried around for so long, David is telling us they don't have to be carried around any longer. God can actually put the heart 
back together. In fact, the Hebrew word for heals here is to mend by stitching, to cure, cause to heal, repair, make whole. That's what David is saying God will do for the brokenhearted. And guys, we are the brokenhearted. We don't think about it a lot. We don't talk about it a lot. We're probably afraid to give it too much attention. But you and I, we are the brokenhearted. We are the wholehearted. But I'm here to tell you today, God wants to make your heart whole. God wants to make your heart whole. See, I, I think many of us probably figured that was true. You know, like you, you, you may have come into the room this morning thinking, yeah, God probably wants you know, put some pieces of my life back together. Or if someone were to ask you, do you think God wants to help you emotionally deal with some of the hurts you've had and some of the pain? You'd probably go, yeah. But there's this one piece I think we miss. And David was the master at this. See, I don't want to just tell you information today and say, hey, God's near you. God loves you. He wants to put your heart back together. Great, 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 great. No, I want you to, to realize I think there's a step that we often miss. And I think, again, we miss it because we're pretending the pain isn't there. We're trying to cram other stuff in it or we're covering it up. But what I want to remind you today is this is so vital. We have to bring our holes to God. We have to bring our wounds to God. We have to bring the pain to God. It's not just enough to know he wants to heal. So that's like knowing that the hospital's down the street and they want to heal you, but you don't go to it. You see, what we've got to do is begin to say, okay, God, I've got some really nasty holes in my heart and it's time to acknowledge them. And it's time not just to acknowledge them and do the hard work, but it's actually time to bring them to you because you can heal them. And counseling is great, and some of us have been there and probably would be helped by it, but a counselor can't heal your heart. You could talk through something. That's great. My wife's a very gifted counselor. I'm so thankful for her. But we need a more important conversation to take place than with someone sitting on a, a chair across the room from us. It's got to be with God. Because he is the one that stitches hearts back together. And he is the one that cures hearts that have been broken apart. And David was the master of this. See, David totally understood how vital it is that we bring the pain in our hearts to God and we don't just kind of pretend it's not there or at the very least acknowledge it. Look at what David says in Psalm 13. He says, How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. I ask you a question. When is the last time you had a conversation like that with God? God, here is what's wrong in my heart. Here's how I'm disappointed in you, God. Here's how I'm disappointed in the people around me. Here's what my enemies are up to. And here's how my heart is feeling. David's the master of this, bringing his pain to God, bringing the holes in his heart to God. And have you ever noticed as you read through the Psalms that the beginning of the Psalms, many of the Psalms start out like this, but then they end with hope. Why is David able to do that? In fact, let's read it right here. Let's finish this Psalm. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart, you know that thing that has holes in it, that thing that's all broken apart, God? My heart rejoices in your salvation, and I will sing of the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. So here's David on the one hand saying, hey, here's how I'm so hurting, and here's how I'm so broken, but my heart, my heart can rejoice at the same time, and in the same breath. I wonder why that is, David. Why can you do that? I think David would say, I could do that because I have brought the wounds of my heart to God. I have shown him 
what's going on in here instead of hiding what's going on in here. And so today, my encouragement to you, my challenge to you is to bring the holes in your heart to God. It's to have very specific conversations. We can't just go, oh God, you know, I asked you, you just put, put everything back together. No, we got to get really, really specific in our lives. We got to start to say, God, you know what, the jealousy of my sibling growing up, man, I didn't even realize it, but I've got so many holes in my heart from that. God, would you heal me? God, the anger of my boss, my coach, my teacher, that prof that made me look like an idiot in front of the whole class, God, heal me from that. I got to get specific on this stuff. Betrayal of my spouse, God, betrayal of that, that person I was dating when they cheated on me, I, I, God, I, I don't know that I'll ever get over that outside of your grace and mercy, putting the holes in my heart back together. The rejection I felt in college, the rejection I felt as a kid at school, God, I, help me, help me with that. You see, we've got to go to God and very, very specifically talk with him about the pain. God, I lost a loved one. Loved one abandoned me. God, I lost my job. That hurt so bad when they chose so-and-so over me. God, I lost my influence. Those detailed conversations are vital. And what God, over really the last five or so years of my life, has taught me to do is to really keep him the very first conversation. As as soon as I'm reminded of of a wound in my heart, whether it's an old one or a new one, my first conversation is God. And this all kind of dawned on me. I don't know exactly when it was, but it was within the, within the last five years. I was on our men's retreat, and I'm sitting in the room, and the speaker is talking about, hey, are you the dad who gets angry for no reason? Are you the husband who responds impatiently to your spouse for no reason and they didn't even do anything? Or, or what they did was so little in comparison to how you respond? I said, oh my gosh, that's exactly me. That is exactly me. Why do I do that? Why do I put holes in the hearts of the ones I love most? I began to realize it's because I've just laughed it away my whole life. I've just pretended it never happened. I've, I've covered it up. And it was only when I began to go, oh, God, okay, that really hurt when that lady called me fat when I was 10 years old. God, it really hurt when my friends sat in a room and told everybody all the secrets I had shared with them. God, it really hurt when I lost my mom. God, it really, really hurt. When so-and-so said I was no good as a leader or a pastor. God, it really hurt. Would you put the holes of my heart back together? God, would you fill those in? Would you heal those? And I'm not perfect, but you could ask my wife, you could ask my kids, and I think they would say that in the last few years, they've seen a difference in how I respond to them. Because I'm actually responding to them and not what somebody 20 years ago did to me. Guys, this is manly stuff. We want to be the dad that maybe our dad was. Maybe you had a great dad. But we also, for many of us, we want to be the dad that we didn't have. We want to be the dad who had a whole heart and not holes in his heart. And so, what holes are there in your heart? Because here's what we got to realize. When we began to go to God and we began to say, here's how I've been wounded, here's how, how, how I've been betrayed, here's how I've been hurt, God put the holes back together, put, fill them in by your Holy Spirit in a way that actually works, God. Do you know what we'll begin to discover is we'll find healing. And you ready for this? The less holes we have in our hearts, the less holes we will put in the hearts of those we love. I don't know about you, that's the boss I want to be. It's the pastor I want to be. It's the husband I want to be. It's the friend I want to be. It's the dad I want to be. I really think the same is true for you. And so what holes do you have in your heart?
because God wants to make your heart whole. If you're not a follower of Jesus, somebody once said that every single one of us have a God-shaped hole in us. In other words, a hole that only God can fill. A God-shaped hole. And we live our lives trying to fill it with all kinds of other stuff. And so we work really hard and we're successful or we, we finally get, a, you know, into, we're married and we have kids and, and we're there and we feel like we've arrived and we buy the house and everything looks good. And then we're sitting on our couch one day and we're going, why am I not happy? Like, why am I not satisfied? I have, it, I have the American dream here and what's going on? Because there's a God-shaped hole in you and me and we can get all the stuff in the world. But as long as that's empty without God, then we will not be satisfied. Can we just look at Hollywood for like three and a half seconds and realize that that's true? These people who have everything, there's a God-shaped hole. And the way that you and I are able to find healing in God and we're able to find a relationship with God is because Jesus got on a cross for you and me to die for us, to buy us back, to purchase us from our sin and our shame and forgive us and love us. And then from that close relationship we get to have with him, put our hearts back together. If you want to begin a relationship with God today, I encourage you to do that. I'm going to give you a chance to do that in just a minute. But if you've been a follower of Jesus, it is time to stop pretending. Stop ramming stuff in that is never going to heal our heart and stop covering it up. It's time to get vulnerable with God. But Doug, that's hard. Yeah, it is hard, but it is worth it. But Doug, I've been a bad dad for... 10 years, okay. Today it changes. Today it changes. We start to make steps, so that changes. Doug, I've been a horrible spouse. I've been a terrible mom. Oh, I've, I've been terrible to my parents. I've been a horrible boss. Everybody knows I'm a jerk. Doug, if I walked in there and was nice, people would start passing out. Okay? Today it starts. Today it starts. And tomorrow, it may not be all better. In fact, it might take some time. But we begin to get into the habit of having very, very specific conversations with God as soon as we are hurt in a fresh way or we are reminded of how we were hurt in the past. And in time, we'll begin to see God wants to make our hearts whole. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much that we get to come to you and find healing. But God, David is not writing theology, at least in his head. He's not there writing theology for us 3,000 years ago, he is telling us his experience. He's telling us what a relationship with God does. And so we thank you, God, that you want to make us whole. And we come to you with pain and we come to you with dark areas of our lives. Maybe we've been afraid to face for a long time or maybe we just didn't think of it. We didn't realize these holes were there. But God, thank you that today that changes. And so, if you're a follower of Jesus, I want to ask you to begin to get very specific with God. And this is only the start. We've got to get to the habit of being the kinds of people that bring the holes in our heart to God every single day. His healing's available every day. And so, if you're a follower of Jesus, would you begin that process right now? And if you're not a follower of Jesus, and you want to put your trust in Him, I would just encourage you to pray something quietly like this. Jesus, Thank you for dying for me on the cross. Thank you for beating death and rising back from the dead. Today I put my faith in you. I ask you to forgive me for my sin. Show me how real you are. Show me 
what it looks like to have a relationship with you. And God, put my heart back together. Make my heart 